Welcome. You're listening to Pacific Bible Church Podcast, hosted by Pastor Vern Frank. So we started a new series nine weeks ago titled As in Heaven. And as we know, Jesus told the disciples, right, when they said, teach us to pray, one of the things he said in there was pray that God's will is done on earth as in heaven. As it is in heaven, of course, we, we leave out, I've left out it is because that's not even in, actually in the translation. You know, I told you before, if you'll see it, if you see it italicized in the Bible, uh, italicized words mean it's not actually there in the original um, Greek or Hebrew. So they added those words. So I, <clears throat> I like, to, I like so a lot of times if you're reading something that's italicized, just leave that out and see how it sounds. Because a lot of times you just don't even need it. And this, in this case, I, I like it like this. God's will be done on earth as in heaven. As in heaven. So we want to, don't you want to do God's will on earth? Don't you want his will to be done on earth as in heaven? Why? Because nothing bad has happened in heaven. I mean, it is all good in heaven. Amen. And so we get to be part of fulfilling the will of God on earth. Isn't that good news? That, that's an honor, right? That is an honor. We talked about honor already in the offering. That is an honor to be able to, to, be able to live for God and do His will. That's a privilege we have as people of God. We have the privilege of doing the will of God. Woo! Right? That, that should not be a chore. Amen? <laughs> to put on our list of chores. No. We're about the Father's business all the time. Just like our Lord Jesus was about the Father's business. Amen? We should be about the Father's business all the time. We're to copy our Lord Jesus. We're to follow in his footsteps. We're to follow his example. And he was always doing the Father's will. That was weak. I'll give myself an amen on that. Amen! Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, youth group. You're welcome. We're supposed to do God's will all the time. Amen. And we have been discovering all kinds of truths in this series. If, you're not, if you weren't here, get caught up online. There are, what I say? We're in part 10, right? So there are nine weeks already to get caught up on. And, you know, you know me, I like to dive in deep on these matters because I'll tell you what. <laughs> the word is deep. Hello? You, can, you could literally teach on one scripture for a year. That's how deep the word is. And we've been on this Romans 12, 1 and 2 for 10 weeks now. And we could, we could keep going. Maybe we will. <laughs> but there's always more to get out of the word. There is more revelation. Come on. So if you weren't here, get caught up. Because if you dig deep, if you get it. Now, I don't like the surface, the surface preaching. Come on. One quick little lift you up message and go home. No, come on. We dive deep into a subject. We dive deep into it because I'll tell you what, the revelation will start coming a little ways down the road. Hello? <laughs> a lot of these, a lot of these, when I'm studying to get ready for you, right? I'm studying and four or five weeks into my study, I'm like, woo, hoo, 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 I hit the gusher. I hit the gold mine. Woo! Come on now. And there's more after that. That's not even the end of it. So that's why I say get caught up. Amen. 
Because if, if you really want to learn the word, you got you to get into it. You got to just go into it, get into it deep and, and go after it. And, and, and you don't have to get excited in the sense of a preacher has to get you excited. Amen. Not that it's wrong for a preacher to be excited because I get excited a little bit. <laughs> oh, I just thought of this. I, I took a picture of this day. I thought it was so good. One of my ministers, friends I follow, he said, the teaching of sound doctrine in the church seldom produces the immediate effect of excitement. Did you catch that? The teaching of sound doctrine in the church seldom produces the immediate effect of excitement, but if it is done skillfully and regularly, regularly, it will produce the long-term effect of stability, faith, knowledge, wisdom, worship, and fruitfulness in life and service. Take the long view. That's what he said, literally. I mean, I just read everything. Right? Take the long view. Ooh, I like to teach sound doctrine. Hello? Sound doctrine. Why? Because I want to produce disciples. They are stable. Man, you, I got some stable people in here because you've been listening to the word and learning the word and getting sound doctrine. Come on. And letting the word sink into your heart. Hello? Come on. You, you, you become fruitful when you listen to sound doctrine. And it's not about getting excited, although that's nothing wrong with getting excited. Amen. But we want to be a disciple. We want to be stable. We want to be full of faith. We want to be full of knowledge. We want to be full of wisdom. Come on. We want to be full of worship towards God. We want to be full of fruitfulness. And that's going to take sound doctrine, preaching it over and 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 over. Sometimes I look at my notes, I'm like, wow, I'm preaching on this again. But we need to. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Ten weeks now. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I read it every time and go, wow. Hello? If you don't go wow anymore, then you missed it. Hello? You missed it. it. The word of God is so profound, so deep, that every time I read Romans 12, 1 and 2, I go, wow. Come on. Because there's more depth to it. There's more to get, there's more to get out of that again. And so we dive into it again. And then more revelation comes out. Woo! And so I'm getting excited, see? <laughs> Hallelujah. You're in a church that wants to preach sound doctrine. Woo, I preach sound doctrine. And I get people so mad at me for preaching sound doctrine. You preach on that tongue still? Yes, it's sound doctrine. Read the book of Acts, would you? You preach on healing still? Yes, it's sound doctrine. I can give you 52 scriptures, probably without looking them up, on the healing power of God and how he is our divine healer and he wants to heal everyone. He said, I am the Lord that heals you. Exodus 15, 26. He bore our infirmities and carried our sicknesses. Matthew 8, 17. Come on. He, by his stripes we were healed. 1 Peter 2, 24. We go on and on and on. Come on. So I preach sound doctrine. I'll tell you what, you want to get Christians mad, preach sound doctrine. <laughs> too bad. That's right, Lonnie. Too bad. They don't like it. Too bad. No, I like to preach sound doctrine. Woo. Doctrine that will produce real disciples of Jesus. 
That is one of our goals at this church. We talked about it earlier. Our vision of this church. We produce disciples of Jesus because Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and make disciples uh, of all, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Make disciples of all nations. Come on. We're not just supposed to go to church. We're not just supposed to have hype. We're not just supposed to have a, a great time in God's presence. And we should have that. Amen. I've already had that. I'm going to have some more of it right now. But I'll tell you what, we need to produce disciples. Some, some, woo, come on. I see some Christians, you know, on Facebook or whatever, and, and they're still, they've been saved for years, and they're still all down and depressed and problem, problem, down, depressed, problem, problem. I'm like, I understand we go through stuff, amen? I understand we have problems. I understand there's down times where you're just down. But I'll tell you what, that's not where we're supposed to be staying very long. Come on, we should be, if we're disciples, we're understanding what God said. We've put God's word in our heart and we're learning God's word and now we're doing God's word. And, and, and the Bible says uh, rejoice, right? Paul said rejoice and again I say rejoice. Amen? And so when you're all down and depressed, I say, why don't you rejoice a little? Do you have something to be thankful for? Be thankful sign back there? Are you breathing? You got something to be thankful for. Did you get out of your car today and walk in here? You got something to be thankful for. Did you eat something today? Probably. If not, you're going to eat later. Come on. You got something to be thankful for. Amen. And so rejoice now. And again, I say rejoice, Paul said. Well, I'm just, I'm on a rabbit trail. I don't know if we're going to get off it. I haven't even started the message yet. That's okay, right? You want to play church or you want, you want what the Spirit of God has to say? Thank you. <laughs> All right, are you ready to dive into Romans? Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren. That's you guys out there. That's me too, right? We're brothers and sisters together. Brethren, by the mercies of God, or I like to say another translation, in view of the mercies of God, because we, we understand what God has done for us, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. See, you could preach right there for another couple hours. <laughs> Come on. Present your bodies. Well, we could stop right there, but I just, I just thought... This is the will of God right here. That is sound doctrine. Now, you get a lot of people that preach different than that today. They say it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter how you sin. It doesn't really matter at all because you're forgiven. So don't worry about it. Well, this is sound doctrine. And sound doctrine says present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You're in the service to God. You're in the service. You've been in the service. Who's been in the military service? One, two, three, right? You were in that service. And if you were in that service, that's wonderful. Thank you for your service. But now you're in the service of the Lord. And that's the most important service we could possibly do. We're in the service of the Lord. And in the service of the Lord, if you were to sign up on a dotted line as you do for the Army or the Navy or the, or the Coast Guard, 
or the Marines. Who did I miss? Air Force. <laughs> you would sign and say, I will do this. Come on. I am giving my life to these guys for four years. I am theirs, right? You give it, you give it up. You're like, wherever they say go, you go. Whatever they say do, you do. Well, a lot of times in Christianity, we don't look at it like that. We think, well, you know, whatever. Well, that's not a good way to look at Christianity, is it? Hello? This is, this is where we sign on the dotted line and we say, Father, I present my body a living sacrifice unto you. Come on. I sign on the dotted line. That's my reasonable service to my great God. Amen. Thank you. Let's go on. We'll be here for another six hours or so. Verse two. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Woo. We can know the will of God. Amen. Oh, don't, don't, don't believe the lie that you can't know the will of God. It's too mysterious. No, you can know the will of God. He wants you to know his will. He wants you to know his will. And he's told us how to do it. He said right there, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But we'll get into that more. But there is only one perfect will of God for our lives, complete. Now, if you look at that word up in the Greek, you'll find perfect. Uh, I think a better translation for us today is complete. Because perfect uh, has all kind of connotations with that. <laughs> in our minds, right? It has to be perfect. It has to be perfect. OCD, right? Perfect. <laughs> well, we can find the complete will of God, and that's what God wants us to do. Amen? We're supposed to find his complete will. We don't want the incomplete will. Amen? We should want to do everything the Lord has for us to do. So, so we got to choose God's will while we're here on earth. We got to choose it. And that's where a lot of people miss it right there. Well, God's will is just going to happen. No, it's not just going to happen. I'm not standing here today. It didn't just happen. I chose to do God's will. Oh, we'll get more into that today. But many people waste their whole life on this earth. I mean, absolutely waste it. Isn't it sad? It's so sad. I see people wasting their life. I'm like, man, what a waste of a life. Many people never even start doing God's will. I mean, never even start, right? Of course, we know the first step in God's will is going to be born again, be saved, coming into Christ. That's the first step. Many people never get there. We know that. I'm sure you know a few. Come on now. Many people have not taken their first step into God's will of being saved. But I'll tell you what, God is not going to force anybody to do his will. Nope. We, we got to choose to do things the way God wants us to do them. That's seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You're seeking to do things the right way, the way he wants them done. Come on. I gave the example of, of cutting tomatoes. Remember that? Who remembers my tomato example? Three people, <laughs> four people. The, 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 the minister was at a friend's house and, and he was telling the story. He said, I, uh, I, I was asked to cut the tomatoes for the, whatever it was, salad or something. He was asked to cut tomatoes. And he started cutting tomatoes and the owner of the house came over and said, that's not how you cut tomatoes. He said, well, that's how I cut them. He said, not in my house. 
you're going to cut tomatoes like I want you to cut my tomatoes. He said, okay, show me how. The guy showed him how to cut tomatoes in his house. And he didn't say, well, I don't, I don't care. I'm going to cut tomatoes like I want to cut them. He said, okay, I'll cut tomatoes like you want me to cut them. We're supposed to do things the way he wants them done. There's a good example right there, isn't it? Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Come on. We're supposed to cut tomatoes the way God wants us to cut tomatoes. And if he says, cut your tomatoes this way, we say, yes, sir. We don't say, well, you know, I, I just don't like those thick tomatoes. I like the thin slices. If God says, cut them thick, you cut them thick. Amen. Come on. We got to renew our minds to what God wants. Just because we're born again does not mean we think right. So much stinking thinking. You're like, no, 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 no. That's stinking thinking. Get rid of that. Hello? That's, that's why we need to renew our minds. Many Christians don't want to change their thinking. Oh, no. We talked about that for weeks. Remember that? Well, we talked about you know, uh, superstitions and luck and, and knocking on wood and, and you'll get Christians that believe in all that and you're like, no, we're supposed to have faith in God. We don't knock on wood. We don't say good luck. No, 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 no. But many Christians could care less. Well, that's what I do. That's how I, that's what I've been doing for 42 years. So I'm going to keep doing it. Okay, go on your way. Have fun. I say it all the time. Have, have fun. Bye-bye. See ya. Why? Because people, generally, I find very few people that want to do God's will. <laughs> very few. Come on. If we won't change our thinking, we will not get God's complete will. Come on now. Now, get this. We must be willing to do his will before we know his will. Uh-oh. That's a big point right there. That is huge. In fact, I don't think I've, I've touched on this a little bit, but this is huge. We've got to be willing to do God's will before he speaks to us about his will. Did you catch that? You've got to have a willing heart now before he can say, do that. That's really what we talked about in the first, the first week. Remember, we talked about being humble before God, having humility before God. If you're not willing to bow your knee to God and say, whatever you want, Father, is what I want. I don't, I, whatever you want, you will not get God's complete will. You have to have a completely willing heart. Your heart has to be completely open to him and whatever he wants before he'll even speak to you about it. If you're called to be a missionary in China, and you have already made up in your heart, I will never go to China as a missionary. I will not do it. He will never speak to you about it. Because he knows your heart is closed. Hello. If our heart is not willing to do God's will, God won't talk to us about his will. He knows our heart. He knows if we're ready. And he knows if we decided, no. I'm not doing that. And he knows if we've said yes. Come on. And the best place we can be in as Christians is to say, yes, God, whatever you want. Amen. Boy, I'm having to give myself a lot of amens today. <laughs> Come on. 
Real faith. You want real faith? You want to have real faith in God? You are willing to hear anything God says. Anything he has to say. There's very few there. Come on. Real faith is always ready to do what God says. And so we have to have ears to hear. As Jesus said many times when he was preaching, those who have ears to hear, hear. They all had ears on their head, but many of them did not hear a word he said. Their heart was not open. They had no intention of doing what Jesus said to do. They were there because there was a big crowd. They were there because they heard Jesus fed 5,000 people. They were there because, well, something's happened. I guess we'll go over here because they, uh, we'll see what's happening over here. Come on. They had no intention of doing what Jesus said to do. And so Jesus said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Right? That, that, you, you got to have ears to hear before he even speaks. Because you're not going to get his will if you're not wide open for his will. And if we truly want to know God's will, guess what's full of God's will? His word is full of his will, right? But we have to have the open heart to receive it. And when we have the open heart to receive it, we're going to get revelation from heaven. God's going to reveal it to us when we're open to it, right? There's people who have read the whole Bible and get nothing out of it at all. You can read this and read it again and then read it one more time. But if your heart isn't open to receive, you can read it and get absolutely nothing. He who has ears to hear, let him hear, right? I've heard people read it as a, as a, you know, a good book to read. I've known people that could quote chapters from memory. And they did that as a kind of a show, right? They, they, had, they had to actually put on shows. And they... they uh, it was kind of an um, illustration uh, of the Bible, and they would speak the whole entire, like I think it was the, the one I actually saw in person, I think it was the whole entire book of Revelation from memory. And they acted out parts, and they were very animated, or is that anima animated? Animated, animated. And I was like, wow, that's pretty impressive. Then I talked to them with afterwards, I don't think they're even saved. Spend hours memorizing the Bible. See what I'm saying? You got to have ears to hear. Just memorizing the Bible doesn't cut it. Come on. The Bible is number one source, amen, for finding the will of God. Number one source is in the word of God. And God gave us his word so we would know what he wants. We have, we have hundreds of answers in here, probably thousands, maybe millions. Right? right here in the Word of God. And people say, I just don't know what to do. Well, there is another way to find the will of God. And we're going to talk more about that today. You want to learn some about, about another way to find the will of God? We've touched on this, but we haven't gone deep in it. We're going to go a little deeper today. We have the Holy Spirit. Have you heard of him? Come on. It, there's a lot of specifics in here you're not going to find for your life, Right? You're not going to find the name of the person you're supposed to marry in here. Well, you might find a name in there, but not the, the person, right? Because Sarah's in here. And Mary's in here. John's in here. <laughs> Ruth, Ruth is in here. Yeah, yeah. 
right? You're going to find some Bible names in here, right? But you're not going to find the person you are supposed to marry in here. You're not going to find the career path for your life, whatever God would have you to do, whether it be a, a secular job of some sort where you're a career person or you're whatever it is, ministry person, whatever it is, whatever God has for you, you're not going to find it in here. Right? There is nowhere in here that says Vern Frank is going to be a pastor. Boy, that would have been a lot easier. <laughs> so we have the Holy Spirit to help us find the complete will of God. And guess what we got to do? We got to learn how to follow his leading. Amen. If we're going to find the complete will of God, we have to, have to, have to, have to, I'm going to emphasize it, have to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Colossians 4. Colossians 4.12. Epaphras, who is one of you, a bond servant of Christ. There's our bond servant again. We talked about bond servant a couple weeks ago. Come on. A bond servant, a slave of Christ, greets you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Well, notice prayers are being made, right? So they would stand in the complete will of God. Who's going to reveal the complete will of God through prayer? Come on. God, through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is going to reveal as people pray, right? As, as, we, as we pray, as we pray for ourselves, as we pray for others, come on, God can reveal their will, His will to them. By the Holy Spirit. Amen? If you don't know Paul's prayers, we've got this sheet in the back. I think I should have made more copies because I forgot it was low. We have the sheet and it's Paul's prayers written out, typed out. Uh, I call them prayers for spiritual understanding. Uh, Ephesians 1 prayer, Ephesians 3 prayer, Colossians 1 prayer, Philippians 1 prayer. Those are the four main prayers of Paul. There's other smaller prayers throughout his epistles. But in here, what I did was I made them personal so you can pray this for yourself, right? Because he's praying for the church in these prayers. He's saying, I do not cease to give thanks for you, church, making mention of you in my prayers that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. And you can make it personal, and I put that in parentheses. I pray the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to me the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. And that continues like that. But if you want to get one of those, that's back there. If, you, if we need more copies, we can make some more. But my point is, Paul's prayers were primarily about Christians, Christians seeing God's will. Did you catch that? Paul's prayers are primarily that Christians would see God's will. Not the world. There's a lot of people around us that could care less about God's will. Paul's prayer was for the Christian church to see God's will. Come on. May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. You'd see it. Because there's a lot we have in Christ. There's a lot that God has for us. But if we never see it, we'll never do it. 
right? If I had never seen from God that I was supposed to pastor, I would have never done it. I could go off there for a while. <laughs> you, you do not want to be in the ministry unless you're called to ministry. Because you are going to take, mm, you're going to be beat up left and right, backwards and forwards. You do not want to be in ministry unless you're called to ministry. I'll give you that warning. Hello. But even if we are saved, we need prayer to find his will. And that's going to come through revelation. We've got to have revelation from God by the Holy Spirit is going to reveal his will. To reveal the will of God to us. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit can reveal the word of God to us through prayer. We're going to look at more of that as we go. Let's go over to Romans 8. Oh, Rome, yeah, Romans 8, 5. We're going to talk about the Spirit here for a few minutes. The regulars are saying, huh? Yeah, what's a few minutes, Pastor? What's that mean? <laughs> Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded or fleshly minded is another way to say that. We're not used to the word carnal so much today. To be fleshly minded or carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Woo! Now, we've been talking a lot about renewing our minds, right? Romans 12, renew our minds, renew our minds, renew our minds. He's talking about minds. Notice that? Carnally minded. Paul is talking about our minds. When we think with our flesh, we are headed to death. It says it right there. You see it? Verse 6. Carnally minded is death. Spiritually minded, think according to the spirit, we're headed to life and peace. I don't know about you, that's where I want to be. Life and peace, right? Now, our bodies, our flesh, is not born again, right? When you got born again, your flesh did not change. Come on. You had the same hair, the same eyes. Come on. Flesh didn't change when we're born again. The body is the last thing to be saved, right? When we see Jesus, we're going to get a glorified body, and that's our final step of salvation. When we get an eternal body, just like Jesus has, and we can walk through the walls. That'd be fun, won't it? <laughs> Come on. The body's going to be saved when we see Jesus. And guess what? The body does not want to serve God. Have you noticed? Hello. The body doesn't want to serve God. Our spirits want to serve God. Our spirits are born again. We are born again in our spirit. God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Our spirit worships God. Our spirit is where God communicates to us. That's why we had to be born again. That's why we had to be born from above, because our spirits were not in communication with God, so we had to get back in communication. And so our spirits are born again, and when we die, our spirit is going to go up to be with Jesus. Ooh, glory. To be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. For a Christian, we get to go up and be with Jesus. You've probably heard testimonies of people who have died 
started going off their bed and they look down and say, whoa, look at that. Look at me down there. What am I doing down there? I'm right here. And they're going up, 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 up. And then they get resuscitated and they go back down into their body. This body is just a glove. When we, when we check out of here, this body is thrown into a grave. Come on. But we're not here. We're long gone. Long gone. We're with Jesus. Come on, as a Christian. Those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, those who have rejected their salvation, go down. And you can also look at many testimonies about that. People who died on their bed and they went down, down, down into darkness. And some of them, those stories are very horrifying. Look them up if you want. <laughs> There's one guy who has a whole ministry now of telling people how he went to hell. And he, he, he preaches that all the time now. He goes around and travels all over the, well, I think the world. He tells people how he went to hell. I think that was called 15 Minutes in Hell, something like that. I can't remember now. <laughs> 15 Minutes in Hell, something like that. 30 Minutes in Hell. And uh, so he went down, 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 right? But when they're resuscitated, they come back up into their body. And many of them go, come up screaming when they come back into their body and they wake up and they look at the doctor, if they're, you know, they happen to be in the hospital, I was just in hell! And they'll scream, why? Because they realize, ooh, this is real stuff now. A lot of people walking around this earth do not think what we're talking about right now is real at all. They think it's all fantasy, they think it's all fiction. And they consider this absolute fiction. Many, millions, consider this absolute fiction. Ooh, they're going to have a rude awakening, right, when they die. When they face the creator, the judge, uh, and he says, well, you know, everything Pastor Vern says was, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was telling you the truth in love. Come on, I've told people the truth in love, and man, they have got so mad at me, and I'm like, I can't help you. I can't help you. You got to have an open heart to hear this. If you can't hear it, you go on your way. Have fun. Hello? Come on. Our spirit is our inner man. Our spirit is where God communicates with us. Our born again spirit is willing to do God's will. But we got to deal with this flesh. Remember Jesus said when, when they were praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and the disciples fell asleep, right? And Jesus came out and they were sleeping. And he said, Woo, guys, you can't stay awake for me with one hour. One hour, you can't pray with me. He said, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Come on. The spirit is willing, but the flesh says, let's take a nap. Anybody been there? <laughs> well, I need to pray right now, but boy, I am tired. Woo. Come on, eyes. Woo. Woo. Come on now. We got to put the flesh under. Overrule the flesh by the spirit. That's why your spirit's got to be strong. And we're going to talk about how to strengthen your spirit. Right? Many people aren't in church today because they are obeying their flesh. Many people are, are doing drugs right now because they are obeying their flesh. Hello? Come on. Most people are ruled by their flesh. Ruled. So the flesh has to be dealt with if we're going to do God's will. It has to be dealt with. Another, I just thought of this, but Paul, Paul said many times, uh, you got to put the old man away, put him down, put on the new man. That's what we're doing when we say no to the flesh. We're saying no to that old man. 
Old man, you're dead. That's my old man. I don't do that anymore. I don't think like that anymore. That's not me. Come on, that's our flesh. We got we to put that away. Put him in the closet and hopefully never let him out again. <laughs> put him in the closet and lock the door. Hello? We can't, we, we, we can't let the flesh rule over our spirit. The flesh does not want to do the will of God. The flesh is lazy. I say it all the time. Right? It wants to sit on the couch and eat Cheetos. The flesh is impatient. Have you noticed? I want it now. Well, we'll get it to you in a week. I want it now. <laughs> Why does Amazon do so good? Impatient, right? One week to get that? I can get that in one day. In fact, I ordered something this morning. Yeah, I ordered a cord for our, our pedal. It said it'll be delivered tomorrow. I'm like, this is incredible. One day now on some things, right? Well, the flesh is impatient. It wants it now. Selfish, right? Our flesh is selfish. Me, 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 and me, me. The flesh is impulsive. It'll do some things, and you're like, what just happened? Because the flesh ruled. And our flesh will get us in all kinds of trouble. Have you noticed? <laughs> or we'd have an altar call for liars. <laughs> Come on now. We got to allow the spirit to rule. In order to find the complete will of God, we have to let the spirit rule. Come on, go down to Romans 8, 12. We're going to go down here. We, got, we don't have time to go through all of Romans 8, but I highly suggest reading that, all of it. Amen. One of the best chapters in the entire Bible, Romans 8. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh. You don't owe the flesh to live for the flesh. No, no, no. To live according to the flesh. No, that we're not debtors to that. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Did we just read that a few minutes ago? Come on, Romans 8, 5. You live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live for as many as are led by the Spirit of God. These are the sons of God. Did you catch that? For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Led by the Spirit, by the Spirit. We're talking about the Spirit. We're talking about being led by the Spirit. We can't find the will of God without being led by the Spirit. By the Spirit, we put to death the deeds of the body. Then we can really, truly live. We can live the life more abundantly that Jesus talked about. We can access the fullness. Come on, that's my, oh man, I just finished my book. It's going to be coming out soon. I can't wait. And it's called Access to Fullness. Keys. Come on, keys to find the fullness of God. There are ways we can access the fullness of God. And often many of them are never taught to any Christian and they have no clue what's going on. And they get all down and depressed. And you've got all these answers for them. <laughs> Come on now. To live the life abundantly, God has shown us the way to do it. And if we live, if we put to death the deeds of the body by the spirit, come on, we will live. I know you're alive today, but are you really living, right? Amen? 
A lot of people are alive around us right now. Are they really living? Mm. I, did, I did a message, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago. Some, I can't remember exactly what I call it, but zombies on earth. It was about zombies. There are zombies all around us, right? Because no one is truly alive without Jesus. They're not truly alive. They are the walking dead. Come on. They are the walking dead. But I want to be life-filled. Come on. And the only way we get life-filled is by God, through God, through the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. The only way we're going to live life and life more abundantly, as Jesus said, we would have in John 10, 10. And the Holy Spirit will lead us right into the will of our Father. So we got to be ruled by the Spirit, not the flesh. Come on. The Holy Spirit will tell us what God wants. Amen? The Holy Spirit knows everything. Did you know that? Amen. <laughs> right? The Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The blessed three in one. They know everything. God knows it all, right? The Holy Spirit knows it all. You don't know it all, and I don't know it all. But the Holy Spirit does. Google does not. I know we search everything nowadays, right? Search, search, search. Woo! But the Holy Spirit actually knows everything. Amen? You know, knowledge will only get us so far. We can do our research and research and research and research, but God knows the right step to take. A lot of people are into research. I don't, I don't have any problem researching. But I'll tell you what, in the end, you better be led by the Spirit. Whatever it is, and we're going to get into some of my examples you've heard before. But the decisions we make must be led by the Spirit. We don't, we don't base our decision based on the price. Well, that house is 200000 That house is 179000 Well, that's pretty low nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> it's really low. <laughs> I, I, I think we'll buy the $179,000 house because it's cheaper. And, you know, it's got the basic features we need. And so that's good. Well, that's not how you're supposed to do it. Right? You don't make your choice based on need. Well, I need that. You don't base, make your decision based on availability. Well, that's available right now. Let's grab that. Let's grab that house. Let's grab that car. Whatever it is, right? God wants to lead us in everything. Amen? Amen. We got to make our decision based on what God says. And I'll give you, I'll give you my, 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 one of my best examples I could possibly give you from my, my life. And most of you know the story already. But we, we, when we first came to town, we, we were renting down here in Long Beach. And we, we knew God had a house for us here. We knew God had called us here. We knew God was going to bless us with a house. That was a known. Right? Somehow, some way, God was going to get us into the right house. And so we started believing God for a house. And, and, and however, you know, we didn't have any finances. So, you know, however it was going to happen, we're, it was, God was going to do it. Amen. And that's part of the miracle story. But uh, so we find this house in Long Beach that's pretty cheap. Unusually cheap, really, for how big it was. And we started pursuing that house full bore. And, uh, you know, it needed it definitely needed work, right? 
a lot of work, but it was livable. It was like, well, this needs a lot of work here and there. And we, we had the inspection done, everything. I and mean, that's how far we were into it, right? We put the earnest money down. We were serious. But this is the great example from this story that you can learn a tremendous amount from this example. But we were praying about it, right? And Karen and I could not get agreement or peace about that house together. One day she would say, that's not our house. That's just not our house. I'd say, yes, it is our house. That's our house. The next day I'd say, that is not our house. She'd say, yes, it is. That's our house. No, that's not our house. Next day I'd say, yeah, that's our house. She said, no, it's not our house. So we went back and forth like that. Well, here we are moving forward. We put the earnest money down. We still can't get peace and agreement about it. You know, when you get in the snowball effect, I call it the snowball, right? The snowball, you're, 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 whatever it is, marriage is a big example of that, right? You're going, uh, you're dating someone, all of a sudden you're like, whoop, 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 oh, we're married. And then you're like, oh, what did I do? It was the snowball effect, right? You didn't ask him what he wanted. Come on, people get out of the will of God all the time in marriages. Because they fall in love with somebody and I just love him so much. <laughs> He's so amazing. <laughs> and they get right out of the will of God. Goes the other way too, right? I just love her so much. Oh, I love her, I love her, I love her. Have you checked in with what he has to say about it? Amen? So here we are. I'm going on our rubber trails again. Here we are, ready to buy a house in Long Beach. I mean, we are in hot pursuit. Realtor, ready to take the pictures in front of the house and put it on our Instagram. Because we just bought this house. That's how close we were, right? Close, close, close. And finally, I, I, I went to God again in prayer. And I said, oh God, is this our house? I, I, I don't know if this is our house. I need to know. We're, we're almost there at the end of the transaction. I need to know if this is our house. And I had a vision of a demon sitting on top of that house. And I was like, huh, maybe that's not our house. <laughs> and then, you know, me, Mr. Faith Man, I said, I'll just cast the demon out of that house and we'll take care of that demon. So God's just giving me a warning that I need to cast the devil out of there first. Okay. <laughs> well, I went to Karen. I told her that. And I, I was talking about casting the devil out of it. I think I told you kids too, right? And they're like, Dad, really? You go, oh, I don't know about that, Dad. They're, they're tiny then. Right? And we could not get the peace, right? Well, we're going to talk about the peace. We could not get the peace, so guess what we finally said? That is not our house. Together we said it. And we backed out. We called the realtor. said, realtor, we, we, we would like our earnest money back. We understand we could lose it because we put it down, and that's what the earnest money means. I am serious, and, I, and she, they can take the money. But she said, I'll call them, and I'll see if you can get your money back. But 
She called him, called us back. Yeah, he'll refund the money. You're free of that house. Guess what else I found out about that house? Some of you remember this. That house, original owner, was a producer of horror movies. Very famous person. Lived, well, it was his beach house. And he came down here with his family for his getaway after making his horror movies. Hello? Did God lead us away from that? Then our Awako house. I probably can't give you the whole story on that. But we're still looking for the house, right? And we are looking at all kinds of houses with a lot of junk, a lot of, oh, I mean, just create, you know, we're just like, wow, this is a tough job to find a house. Find something, you know, you, you think you can afford and then, and then, you know, finding, of course, being led by the Spirit and walking in every house we walked in, I'm checking my inner man to see if this is the house for us, right? I didn't want snowball effect to happen again. I'm checking, I'm checking, I'm checking every house. God, I'm checking my inner man, my spirit man. Hello? I'm checking with the spirit who's speaking to my spirit. I'm checking on the inside. I'm checking, I'm checking, I'm checking. Come on. We walk into this house in a walk along, long, long story. It's a bank-owned house, cash only. We don't have any cash. Doesn't make any sense for us to look at this house. It makes no sense at all. We walk into that house with the realtor and Car and I both look at each other. This is our house. Thinking we can't buy this house. We can't pay cash for a house. <laughs> Hello. So now we believe we have found God's house for us. And we're going to make the offer, the bank needs an offer, and they're taking offers, and there's literally, literally hundreds of people looking at this house because the investors were in, they wanted in on that house because it had been sitting there for five years empty. It was in great shape for sitting there empty. Another miracle part of that story. Dan, who was here for several years, moved to Arizona. He helped us replace all the bunch of siding on there that was rotted. Other than that, it was ready to go. So we're walking in to make the offer with the realtor. And, and the realtor says, well, you know, you need to make your offer. And someone stepped up and said, we're going to give you cash to buy that house. Huh? And then you refinance it when you get in there because the power was just, you can't even get a loan on that house. Power is disconnected. They will not give a loan on a house with no power. She said, you, you get, you, we'll give you the cash. You get, you get everything fixed the way you need it. You refinance, pay us back the money. We're good. Huh? How often you hear that happen? And then I'm sitting there making the offer and she says, how much are you going to offer for this house? Because that's, that's huge. This is a bank-owned house. Whatever you put down is going to go to the bank, and they have to decide with dozens of offers on this house. You, they have to decide. 
if you're the one. I prayed right there. Father, we believe this is our house. Uh, I need to know what we need to offer on this house so we can get the house. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen. Then I'm checking on the inside. He gives me a number. I say, this is the number. I tell the realtor, this is the number. Put it down. She said, you sure? That's the number. We make the offer. A few days later, it's your house. Hello? Hallelujah. You see what I'm saying? You better learn how to follow the Spirit. Because that's not in the Bible. Demons on top of the house is not in the Bible. <laughs> Come on now. Walking into a house and going, hmm, God, is this, this is our house. Yes, yes. Come on. You see what I'm saying today? We got to look to the inner man. Are you a temple of God? I got three yeses. We need to have an altar call right now. If you're a born-again Christian, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Come on. God will lead us from the inner man. So many Christians don't know that. And so they miss out on so many things because they don't know God wants to lead them. They, God will say, don't shop there now. God will say, don't buy that now. God will say, buy that now. Amen? God, God might say, don't fly right now. How many lives could have been saved if they were listening to the Holy Spirit? Come on now. That includes many things, right? Driving, flying, whatever. Shopping. Come on. God wants to lead us away from the enemy. Come on. He's not leading us to be destroyed. He's leading us to life. Amen? So, what do we need to do? We need to strengthen our inner man. How do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked that good question today. Look at Jude 1.20. You know Jude 1.20 if you've been around here very long. Jude 1.20. There's only one chapter in Jude, but we could just say Jude 20. But you, beloved... Building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When we pray in the Spirit, we're getting stronger. We're building up our faith. Come on. When you start a building, you start building the bricks. And I'll tell you what, this building's not very strong, is it? You got the bricks laid. That's not a strong building. But you keep laying those bricks and pretty soon, you got a house built of bricks. And I'll tell you what, that's a strong building. That's why they build down bricks in the south where I was. Everything's brick. Why? The tornado comes through and goes, oh, brick. I can't, I can't do anything about the brick. The wood, gone. Hello? A building gets stronger and stronger and stronger as the bricks are laid. We're building ourselves up, building it up. Come on. As we pray in the Spirit. If you don't pray in the Spirit, you need to. Come on. 
Praying in the Spirit is essential to finding God's complete will. And it'll tune you in to the right channel. It'll open, get our spiritual ears tuned in, tuned in, right? Right now we're on 98.5 FM. If you go out on your radio and you put 98.4 on there, you're not going to get us. If at all, you might get a... That's pretty good, huh? 98.5, you're going to get us loud and clear. You could go tune in your car right now and it's going to be perfect. Because you're in the parking lot, it's really close. But if you're on 98.4, you're going to get fuzzy reception if you get anything, right? And if you're on 98.3, forget it. You ain't going to get it. Come on. What do we do when we're praying in the Spirit? We're tuning in to the Spirit. We're tuning in. We're getting the channel dialed in, right? We got those radios back there in, in, in the nursery, in, in the family room there. You, you, it actually has dial, right? You can dial it right in so it's perfect. Right? The digital ones nowadays, it might be off a bit. You know, but you can't tune it to 98.5321. But the dial, you can go right to it. Oh, perfection right there. Come on. You're praying in the Spirit. You're tuning into the Spirit. If you don't pray in the Spirit, you're missing out. Don't let the devil steal the gift from you. Don't let the devil steal the baptism of the Holy Spirit from you. He's stolen it from the church because he knows how powerful it is. As Paul said, when you pray in the Spirit, you speak mysteries unto God. Come on. You are praying out the will of God and you're building yourself up on your most holy faith. You're tuning into the Spirit. You're tuning into the Spirit realm. You're tuning into the Holy Spirit. You're tuning into what God wants for you. So you got to pray in the Spirit. Amen. If you want to be led by the Spirit... Come on, let's finish today in Colossians 3. Colossians 3.15. This, this, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up with a thought we've already mentioned. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Our sign back there, be thankful. To which also you were called in one body and be thankful. And let the peace of God rule. Rule. Ooh, come on now. We've been talking about that the spirit rule for our flesh. The peace of God is going to come from the spirit of God, right? This literally means, if you want to look it up, literally means rule like an umpire. In fact, the Amplified even translates it like that. It says that the peace of God would rule like an umpire. What does the umpire do? Safe. Right? We just had the World Series. Ah! When the umpire calls it, that's it. Now they do reviews on some of it, right? But when I grew up, there was no arguing with the umpire. And I've seen many, 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 you know, videos of people arguing with the umpire. Well, all they do is get thrown out. Ah! And then, you know, they kick the... Some classic baseball scenes, right? I mean, classic stuff. I mean, you're like, wow, wow, really? Come on. But the umpire makes the call, right? The peace of God should make the call. Yes or no? Long Beach House. No. No. No peace. Karin and I together as becoming one flesh together. 
could not get peace. And so it was a no. Let the peace of God rule like an umpire. Come on. God's peace will let us know we're on the right track. We walk into the Waco house. Mm. I got some peace on the inside. Oh, God is in this. Hello? You see this? The peace of God will help us discern God's will from our will. Which, of course, is coming from the Holy Spirit. The peace of God will help us discern God's will from our will. Did you know you have a will? <laughs> Come on. We all got wills. I'm not talking about will when you die. I'm talking we all have a will. And our will might be, want to, I want to go to Scoopers today. And God says, you're not going to Scoopers today. You say, yes, sir. Come on. I want that car. I am going to buy that car today. Ooh, that is a sweet car. Woo-hoo-hoo. And God says, no. You say, yes, sir. I didn't want that car anyhow. I didn't really like it that much. Come on now. Amen? We got to, we got to let the peace of God rule. We got to, God, God's going to speak to us. He's going to call it safe or he's going to call it out. And if we get the out, we don't say, but I want it. Because that is the flesh. And the flesh, as we read right at the beginning, the flesh leads us to Death, but the Spirit will lead us to life and peace. Hello? Hallelujah. Remember when Samuel anointed David as king? And he looked at all the seven sons of Jesse and he said, No, 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 no. You got some more sons. Because <laughs> these aren't the ones. And they said, well, we got that shepherd boy out there in the field, but, you know, he just throws slingshots around and he plays his little harp all the time. He's kind of a little different one, that, that guy. You know, I don't know if you want to hear. I don't know. We didn't bring him in here for a reason, you know. <laughs> bring him. And David walks in. Come on. And he says, the king, the next king of Israel. How does he know? The Spirit of God. Come on. The Spirit of God. Let them know. That wasn't written in the Bible. And they didn't even have what we have. Come on. It didn't say David is the next king. Samuel had to get that from the Spirit. Come on. We can get every decision we need to make from the Spirit of the living God. Amen. What about Jesus who had to pick the 12 disciples? Come on, what was Jesus doing a lot? Do we know from the word, what was he doing a lot? Praying. Praying. Why did the Son of God have to pray? Because he had to tune into the Spirit too. He's in this world, and this world has all kinds of voices. You don't, you don't think we need to pray? 
if Jesus had to tune in to hear the right thing, he was always in prayer at night. He said he was praying all night. Right? Why was he praying, praying, praying? Because he had to tune in to hear the will of the Father. And he had to find out who he was going to pick. So he went out and he said, Simon, Peter, come follow me. How did he know that? The spirit of the living God. And he was a man of prayer. Hello? I hope you're getting this today. We can be led by the spirit just as Jesus was led. We are supposed to be led by the spirit. We are supposed to be. Supposed to be. We are supposed to be led as children of the living God. For those who are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. Did you read it? Those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Come on now. How are we going to do that? Well, one of the primary ways is we got to be people of prayer. Pray with the Spirit. Pray with the understanding. What did Paul say in 1 Corinthians 14? You got to pray with the Spirit. You got to pray with the understanding. You got to pray with the Spirit. Come on, you got to sing with the Spirit. You got to sing with the understanding. You're not going to get it all by just praying in your known language. And I'm assuming you all speak English in here. You got to pray in other tongues. You got to pray in your heavenly language. You got to pray in the Spirit. And pray in the natural Karen uh, was just talking about talking to your father all day long. Amen? People of prayer. People of prayer. You want to be led? You better be a person of prayer. And then what do we do? We allow the peace of God to rule as an umpire. If God says yes, it's yes. If God says no, it's no. If God gives you the demon on top of the house, well, it might depend on what God says after that, right? If he says cast it out, you cast it out. You can be led there too, right? You can't take that example and say, well, whenever I get a vision of a demon in the house, that's not my house. That would not be sound doctrine. Sound doctrine would be, you need to be led in that circumstance. Because God might be showing you the demon on top of that house, so you do cast out the demon. Amen. Come on now. Samuel heard, Samuel heard seven no's before he heard yes to David. And he got the peace, right, about the correct decision. The correct, you want the correct decision? Oh, I got one yes. Woo. You want to make the correct decision? Or you just want to fly through life doing nothing for Jesus? Come on now. I want to make the correct decision. Come on. And if you're going to make the correct decision... You got to be a person of prayer. You got to be led by the peace of God. You got to let the spirit rule over the flesh. Come on now. And, and one more thought before we close it up, which, you know, I'm trying. <laughs> Another hour over here. Another hour. Paul said in Acts, you can look it up, Acts 15, 28. Oh, I can just go there. Yeah, right. Another hour, right? right. Acts 15. Glory to God. Amen. You love Jesus this morning? You love God this morning? You want to do his will? Hallelujah. Acts 15, 
28, for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. And they were dealing with some issues, right, in the church, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Now notice what he says there. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Notice you got a seamer. What did we do when we walked into that Awako house? This seems good to us, and it seems good to the Holy Spirit. You got to tune into your seamer. You didn't know you had a seamer, did you? You got a seamer. Come on. You got to follow the peace of God. It seemed good to us, to the Holy Spirit and to us, right? It seemed good. Whoo! Sometimes you got to make the decision, right? Anybody been there? You got to make the decision. There is no more time. Well, you better be tuned in. Because the decision time is here, right? It's here. There is a decision time. To the, when that, that, that house, we were running out of decision time. And pretty soon we were getting a sign on the line and oh, the money for that house. Ooh, thank you, Father. We don't have that house. But there is a, there, you have to be ready to make the decision. You got to follow your seamer when you got to make that decision as we did. No, we don't have peace about this. No, it's not the house. Come on. Following the Holy Spirit on the inside, you got to build up your inner man. Build yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Spirit. Be a person of prayer like Jesus. Tune in. Tune in your channel. Come on, tune in your, 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 your dial, right, right in to hear from God. How did Jesus pick those disciples? He had tuned in. Right? Through prayer, he was... Come on now. I mean, he knew those guys walking up to him. He knew. Just think of that. He's, he's deciding. He, that You talk about a huge decision. The disciples, he had to pick them perfect. There was no room for mistakes. No, there was no room for mistakes. That had to be exactly as God wanted it. God said, these are the guys I've picked. And he revealed them to Jesus through the Holy Spirit. He had to get the revelation from God through the Spirit of who to pick. He had to even pick Judas, who we know betrayed him. If he doesn't pick Judas correctly, it's all messed up. Because who betrayed Jesus? Judas! Who? You see how deep this stuff can get? I mean, that gets deep. Hallelujah. Come on. I also like to refer to it as a green light or a red light. We're familiar with that, right? Green light, we're going forward. Red light, we stop. Come on. And that's what we did on that Long Beach house. It was like, whoo, we're cruising along here and all of a sudden, stop. Hmm, that'll help you a lot. 
not only in, in a house purchase, come on, in many areas of our lives, that, that will help us tremendously. In our, in our, in our picking of mates, in our picking of schools, in our picking of jobs, in our picking of everything. Come on. God can give us the green light or the red light. And he wants to. Hello? He wants to do it. And Christians, ooh, I tell you, there's many Christians who will balk at this message completely. They would say, this message today is ridiculous. And I would say, go on your way. Have fun. Because I'm living. I'm living the word. I'm seeing the word come to pass in my life. I'm following the word. I'm seeing miracles. Come on, I'm only standing here today because of a miracle of God. Woo! And following the Holy Spirit. There were no job applicate. There were no, there were, there were no, what's the word? Job uh, postings for this pastor job. <laughs> it was not in the newspaper. It was not online. It was direct revelation from heaven. Long story, right? Some of you know some of it. Direct revelation from heaven is the only reason I'm standing here today. So I tell you these things today out of experiencing these things in my life and knowing that this will help you tremendously in your life and help you accomplish the will of God for your life so that when you see Jesus, he can say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. I tell you what, that will change your life today if you'll let it. If you'll let it. Amen? And that's why I believe we had tongues interpretation at the very beginning. You're here for a reason. Don't miss it. Amen? They'll change your life. And if you start tuning in to your seamer, start tuning in to the peace of God in your decisions, start tuning into that. Oh, you're going you're gonna to come back and you're going to say, Pastor, I got, I got a miracle story for you. Amen. You get it today? Hallelujah. You know me, I always like to end with a salvation call. If someone's here today or someone's online today and you're, you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior and you have no idea what I'm talking about today <laughs> and you don't understand what just happened, there's one way to enter right into that. There's one way to get right into that revelation flowing from heaven. There's one way to come right into hearing from God, hearing from the Spirit of God, and that is to be born again. Because your spirit must be born again to communicate with the Father. And that's why Jesus said, every man must be born again to enter into the kingdom of heaven. It's not an option. It's not, well, I don't like that path. I'll take another path. There is no other path. As we say around here all the time, there is Jesus' road. And Jesus said, the road to life is narrow. But the road to destruction is broad. And many are they that enter that way. Many are entering destruction as we speak right now. One person dies, I think it was every two seconds. 
Many of them do not know Jesus. Many of them have cussed God out their whole lives. Many of them have not wanted anything to do with God, even though they were invited to church 450 times. Hello? But if you're here today, or you're online today, and you say, I want to know this Jesus you speak of. I want to know the Spirit of God that you speak of. I want in on this. You have to understand you are a sinner without Christ. The wages of your sin is death, eternal separation from God, and God demonstrated his, his love toward us. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He paid the penalty. He went to a cross. He shed his blood. He died for us. He rose again for us, and he is alive right now. And if we confess Jesus is alive and believe in our heart, he is Lord, we will be saved and you will become born again. You will become what the Bible also calls a new creation. You will become the righteousness of God in Christ, which means you come into Christ, you come out of Adam, because Adam is full of sin. He turned his back on God, he bowed his knee to Satan, and you come into Christ when you confess him as Lord, and you gotta be in Christ to go into heaven because there is no perfect man in heaven except him. So without Jesus, without the road, Jesus road, you can't go to Father's house. I don't care who's told you differently. I don't care how many books you've read about it. I don't care how many lies you've been told. I'm telling you the truth and love today that there is no road that goes to God's house except Jesus road. If you wanna to go to God's house when you die, you gotta get on Jesus road. He said, I'm the way, the truth and the life and no man comes to the Father but through me. So if you want in on what we've been talking about all day, you want to be led by God. You want God to show you the right path for your life. You want to be born again. You want eternal life with God. Pray this prayer after me right now. Lift a hand to heaven and say, Dear God in heaven, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent of all sin. I repent of all works of darkness. I want nothing to do with the kingdom of Satan. I want in your kingdom, God. And now I know the way in is through Jesus. Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Savior. Jesus, you're my master. Forever and ever, I am yours. Heavenly Father, show me your ways. Teach me your ways. I will do them. I will walk in it. I will be an obedient child for you. I am completely yours. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. If that was you today and you want to be serious, I mean, you actually want to be a serious Christian, a fruitful Christian, a disciple of Jesus, I say do these things right away. Start on this path right away. First of all, be bold about your faith. Tell someone Jesus is your Lord. Put it on your social media. Go to your mom, your dad, and tell them you are a born-again Christian. And then witness to them. Amen. Hallelujah. If they're not saved. Amen. Secondly, devour the word of God. This is spirit food, and you will not find God's complete will without knowing this. God will lead you and guide you through his word over and over and over and over again as you go through your life, as you know his will from his word. And this is spirit food. It'll feed your inner man. That's another part of, uh, of this whole thing we're talking about, uh, of being led by God. You got to feed your inner man. You got to be fed. And it's not just by reading. 
Come on. It's by putting the word on the inside. David said, I've hidden, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Jesus said, if, if I, you abide in me and my words abide in you, abide in you. Come on. His words must abide in us. They must live in us. It's not just a religion. It's not just that Christian church down the street that I go to on Sunday. It's the word of God is abiding in me. Amen. So devour this and feast on it. Come on. Thirdly, get involved in an on-fire church. Don't be in a lukewarm church in these last days. Be a part of the body. The body needs you and you need the body. Fourthly, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. As we talked about today, you got to pray in the Spirit. If you don't, don't let the devil steal that gift from you because that is essential to finding the will of God. Fifthly, start serving in the body. Don't just be a talker, be a doer, because the greatest in the kingdom of God is the servant of all. Six, worship and pray and praise as much as possible throughout your day. Don't forget about God. Karn was talking about it, right? Talk to God all day long. Thank him, praise him, worship him, ask him for wisdom. Thank him, praise him, worship him throughout your day. Talk to him all day long. Because then you're developing your relationship with him. And seventh, never ever forget that you belong to God. You are not your own any longer. You don't do your will. You don't do my way as the song goes, right? Because the theme song of hell is I did it my way. And the theme song of heaven is I did it God's way. So if you want to fulfill God's will, come on. You, you, you got to remember that you belong to Jesus. You belong to God. You listen to what he wants. And why? Because he's going to take you right into blessing. He's going to take you right into his perfect will, his complete will. And you'll look back and you'll say, how did I get here? Come on. Because you followed the spirit of God. Woo! Hallelujah. Oh, I'm so thankful, saints. I'm so thankful to my great God. So thankful that you know, if we hand everything over to him. Come on. We hand everything over to him. Oh, that's the blessed life. That's the real life. And most people think that's the worst life. And you're like, no, that's the best life. Hand it all over to God. Lay it all at his feet. Your spirit, your soul, your body, everything that you are, lay it at his feet. Because he can, he can use you for his glory. And you'll be a vessel of honor for his use. Woo! There's no better life. There's no better way to live. It can't get better than serving Jesus. There is no better. Oh, you've been trying to find better. You've been trying to find something else. You've been looking in different ways. You've been looking at different paths. And God is saying today, there is not a better path than me. There is not a better way than me. 
and I am showing you the way today. And I'm asking you to follow that way. And I'm asking you to follow after my spirit. I'm asking you to follow after righteousness. I'm asking you to follow and give yourself completely to me, says the Lord. Stop looking in another direction. Stop looking for another thing. Stop looking down that road or down that road. Look to me. Look to me today. And don't stop looking at me as Peter stopped looking at Jesus and looked at the storm. Don't stop looking at me, says the Lord, for I will lead you and I will guide you. And the blessing will fall upon you because you walked in the right direction. You walked by my spirit and you did what I said to do. Whoo! Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We receive it today, Father. We receive your words. We receive from heaven today. We receive from you today. We are so thankful that you care that much about us. You care that much about us. You love us that much to not only give Jesus for us, but then to say, I want to lead you and guide you in every step of your life. And I want to lead you to the truth. I want to lead you to blessing. I want to lead you into my path. Father, we are a thankful people this morning. We don't take it lightly. Whew. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Our guide, our comforter, our helper. And we don't reject. We don't reject your spirit. We don't reject your word. We receive. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. As we go from this place, we thank you, Lord. The angels of God are encamped round about us. They bear us up in their hands as we dash our foot against a stone. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. No evil shall befall us. No plague shall come in our dwelling. With long life you will satisfy us and show us your salvation. Nothing shall by any means hurt us, according to the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for your word, Father. We thank you for your blessing. We thank you for your truth. And as we said we would do, we turn back and we give you all the praise, all the glory, all the honor belongs to our Father, our great God, forever and ever and ever. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, Amen. Thanks for listening. Please be sure to like this podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can find our website at packbible.org. That's P-A-C-B-I-B-L-E dot org. We hope you join us again next week.